Welcome aboard the USS Little Hero NCC 73117. I'm Captain William. And I'm Commander Vicky. And if you will step right this way, historians, we will go to Hotel Deck 3, where you will learn the next step in the history of Starfleet with the NCC 1701 Enterprise and the adventures of Captain Kirk and his, his faithful crew. Vicky, can you take us to the coordinates where we're supposed to be for this? Aye, aye, Captain. www.vickystartrek.com Woohoo! Similar to the ones that I'm wearing now. Dun dun dun. Now I'm not wearing one because I am wearing tie-dye. Right. So, Vicky, Season 2, Episode 10, Journey to Babel. Now, we've heard of Babel before, and this is a hint I did give her. We've heard of Babel before, when the Andorians and the Tellarites were trying to make peace with each other. I didn't tell her that part. So, Vicky, what did you think this episode was about? Uh, Kirk has trouble while trying to get a Vulcan ambassador to Babel. 
Well, yes, he does have trouble, but not just for the Vulcan ambassador. There's over 114 delegates. I know that now. Yes. But at the time, I did not know that. I just thought it was a Vulcan. Oh, well, first I was going to go with the Klingon ambassador, and then I thought, no, that doesn't Save that right. idea for movie number six. Okay. So... Star Trek movie number six, The Undiscovered Country. Okay. Because that's where that idea will do you good at. Okay. So. Movie number six. Okay. Are you ready to get in this one? Yes. Okay, so it says here, The Enterprise comes under attack on the way to a diplomatic conference on Babel. One of the aliens designated uh, dignitaries is murdered, and Spock's estranged father, Sarek, is a prime suspect, but he is also deadly, deathly ill, and only Spock can save him. That's uh, what's going on in this episode. Dress uniform is a little out, sorry. Polish. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to stand this. Feel like my neck's in a sling. The Vulcans are the last group of delegates we have to pick up as soon as we get them aboard to be able to relax. Sure. Formal reception tonight. 114 delegates aboard for two weeks, 32 of them ambassadors, half of them mad at the other half, and the whole lot touchier than a royal matter file over this Kordak question. Shuttlecraft approaching with Ambassador Sarek's Park. The estimate arrival, one minute. Bring him aboard, Mr. Chekhov. Stand by to recover shuttlecraft. Under guard to the hangar deck. Clear hangar deck. Clear hangar deck. Depressurizing. Recovering shuttlecraft. Use the Galileo. we come to serve. Your service honors us, Captain. Chief Medical Officer, Dr. McCoy. Ambassador. Doctor. So this is... Ayers. Ambassador Sark. Now, Sark is Spock's estranged father. 
see if I've got it on here. I should. There it is. So, Sarek of Vulcan uh, was a male Vulcan, of course, from the planet Vulcan, of course. He spent most of his life in service of the Vulcan people as an ambassador and representative for the Federation Council. He was also well known as the father of noted Starfleet officer and fellow diplomat Spock and foster father of the Starfleet mutineer Michael Burnham. You'll meet her in Discovery. Okay. Uh, and the former husband of an Earth woman, Amanda. So, he's had a long career of successful diplomatic stuff. Now, Amanda, who I mentioned, was his wife. She was a human teacher. Uh, she was the first wife of Sarek, as well as mother of Spock and foster mother of Michael Burnham. So he has had other wives, I'm pretty sure. If it says that she was the first. Right. So... And she who is my wife. Captain Kirk? Our pleasure, madam. As soon as you're settled, I'll arrange a tour of the ship. Mr. Spark will conduct you. I prefer another guide, Captain. As you wish, Ambassador. Mr. Spark, we'll leave orbit in two hours. Care to beam down and visit your parents? Captain, Ambassador Sarek and his wife are my parents. Departed Vulcan for the neutral planetoid, codenamed Babel. Since it is in our sector, the so it is still a neutral planetoid named Babel. Babel. We still have no clue where it's at, as far as I am aware. Unless they did put it on here, but let me check and see if they did put it up here as uh, the coordinates. Let's see. It says here, Babel was codenamed for an inhabited neutral planet in the Alpha Quadrant. The planet was used by United Earth and later the United Federation of Planets as a venue for conferences which were meditated in council chambers. Uh, relative to Terra Prime, Babel was located on the far side of Andorian space. So, we now know where it is, the far side of Andorian space. Okay. Enterprise has been assigned to transport ambassadors of Federation planets to this vitally important council. The issues of the council are politically complex. The passengers, explosive. This is the engineering section. There are a number of emergency backup systems for the main controls. Over here are a number of control computers. After all these years among humans, you still haven't learned to smile. Humans smile with so little provocation. And you haven't come to see us in four years, either. The situation between my father and myself 
has not changed. My wife, what's that? Mr. Spock, a moment, if you please. Yes, Captain. Explain the computer components. I gave Spock his first instruction in computers, Captain. He chose to devote his knowledge to Starfleet instead of the Vulcan Science Academy. So the Vulcan Science Academy, also known as VSA, also known as the Vulcan Science Institute, was an advanced education and research institute located on Vulcan. After reunification with the Romulans, it became known as Navarre Science Institute. Okay. So it's a highly advanced uh, scientific uh, institution. I'm trying to think, and my brain's not helping. If you will excuse me, Captain. I'm sorry, Master. I did not mean to offend. I thought that offense is a human emotion, Captain. I'm returning to my quarters. Continue, my wife. Sorry, I just don't understand. Amanda, I'm afraid you couldn't pronounce the Vulcan. Amanda. Can you? I told you. Well, after fashion and after many years of practice, shall we continue the tour? I already told you what her name was. He's his first wife. And mother of Spock and adopted mother of Michael Burnham, the mutineer. My husband did request it. Sounded more like a command. Well, of course. He's a Vulcan. I'm his wife. And Spark is his son. Well, you don't understand the Vulcan way, Captain. It's logical. It's a better way than ours. But it's not easy. It has kept Spark and Sarek from speaking as father and son for 18 years. Spark is my best officer. And my friend. I'm glad he has such a friend. It hasn't been easy on Spark. Neither human nor Vulcan. At home, nowhere, except Starfleet. I take it that Spark disagreed with his father on the choice of career. Oh, my husband has nothing against Starfleet. But Vulcans believe that peace should not depend on force. Starfleet force is used only as last resort. We're an instrument of civilization. And it's a better opportunity for a scientist to study the universe than he could get at the Vulcan Science Academy. Perhaps. But Sarek wanted Spark to follow his teachings as Sarek followed the teachings of his own father. They're both stubborn. A human trait, Captain? Excuse me. Kirk here. Captain, I picked up some sort of signal. Just a few symbols, nothing intelligible. Source? Well, that's what bothers me, sir. Impossible to locate. There wasn't enough of it. Sensors show nothing in the area, but it was a strong signal as though it was very close. Go to alert status form. Begin long-range scanning. Kirk up. Captain's log, stardate 3842.4. 
The Interplanetary Conference will consider the petition of the Corridon planets to be admitted to the Federation. The Corridon system has been claimed by some of the races now aboard our ship as delegates, races who have strong personal reasons for keeping Corridon out of the Federation. The most pressing problem aboard the Enterprise is to make sure that open warfare does not break out among the delegates before the conference begins. So Corridon, apparently we saw the planet in Enterprise. Gotcha. So it says here, Corridon was an inhabited Federation planet in the Corridon system of the Alpha Quadrant and home world to the Corridons, a warp-capable humanoid species in 2151. The planetary government was headed by an elected chancellor. The planet Corridon was rich in valuable researches, most significantly dilithium. So dilithium, we already know about, right? Right. Okay. Ambassador, I understand you had retired before this conference was called. Forgive my curiosity, but as a doctor, I'm interested in Vulcan physiology. Isn't it unusual for a Vulcan to retire at your age? After all, you're only 102. 102.437 precisely, Doctor. He's 102 years old. Measure it in your years. Wow. So we do not know exactly how old Spock is. We would assume he's pretty close to the same age as Kirk. That, however, being said, if... Spock's dad is 102 years old. When did Spock get born? Exactly. How old was Sarek when Spock was born? Right. I had other concerns. Ambassador. Sarek Volka, do you vote to admit Corridon to the Federation? The vote will not be taken here, Ambassador Goff. My government's instructions will be heard in the council chambers. Unbeatable. No, you! How do you vote, Zarek of Vulcan? Why must you know, Hilary? In council, his vote carries others. I will know where he stands and why. Tellarites do not argue for reasons. They simply argue. No, you! Gentlemen, Ambassador Zarek is quite correct when he points out this is not the council chamber of Babel. I'm fully aware that the admission of Corridon is a highly debatable issue, but you won't solve it here. You are correct. So interesting to see that back then, the masks that they wore to be Tellarites, it looked like they had no eyes, or they were big and black. Right. And it's actually so sunken in that you can't see the actual actor's eyes. You know? Right. Captain. Quite logical. My apologies, Captain. You will excuse me. Have you met Garth before, Ambassador? We debated during my last council session. Ambassador Garth lost his Spock, I've always suspected that you were a little more human than you let on. Mrs. Sarek, I know about the rigorous training of the Vulcan youth, but tell me, did he ever run and play like the human children? Even in <laughs> Like the human children? Well, he, uh, he did have a pet sailor he was very fond of. 
sell it. So sell it. We've seen this before. Yes. It attacked Paul and yes. uh, Archer. So it was a giant, quote unquote, teddy bear like beast native to Vulcan. Shallots had six inch fangs and did not like to climb, preferring instead to remain on low ground. Domesticated shallots were very, which were only slightly smaller than wild shallots were popular pets when Vulcan children shallots, however, were very aggressive to Vulcan children learned early never to be late with their dinner. It's sort of a, a fat teddy bear. A teddy bear? Excuse me, Doctor. It's been a rather long day for my wife. Captain. Ambassador. Teddy bear. Not precisely, Doctor. On Vulcan, the teddy bears are alive and they have six inch fangs. Bridge to Captain Kirk. Captain, sensors are registering an unidentified vessel facing us. On my way. All duty personnel on yellow alert. Don't alarm the passengers, Kirka. Report. A small ship, Captain. It's been there five minutes, remaining in outside phaser range with extreme limit of sensors. Identification is Sensors indicate the size of a scout ship, but... Configuration is unfamiliar. Most unusual. Does she answer a hail? I've tried all frequencies and hooked in the universal translator. No response. Maintain translator broadcast. Take records for authorized ships. Starfleet records no authorized person in this quadrant except ours. Get a guess for you? Yes, Captain. I shall need more data for my estimate. Let's check out. Mark first is up that vessel. I want to see what she looks like close up. That's it. You're embarrassed spot this evening. Not even a mother may do that. He is a Vulcan. He's also human. He's a Starfleet officer. I thought you couldn't approve of Starfleet. It's not a question of approval. The fact exists. He is in Starfleet. You must command respect if he is to function. You're proud of him, aren't you? You're showing almost human pride in your son. It does not require pride to ask that Spock be given the respect which is his due. Not as my son, but as Spock. Do you understand? Not really, but it doesn't matter. I love you anyway. I know. It isn't logical. Vessel changing course, heading toward us at high warp speed. Ready, main phasers. Phasers armed and ready, sir.
Interesting. They were traveling at approximately warp 10. Back on original course, Mr. Check. I'll report on intruders' movements. Captain, Starfleet acknowledges report on our situation and confirms. No authorized Federation vessel in this quadrant. Back on original heading, Captain. The intruder changed course immediately after we did. It's paralleling us again. Oh, we have a shadow. Master, more maneuverable. And unidentified. Mr. Spock, full analysis of sensor readings. I want to know who that intruder is. Unwilling to wait for the council meeting, Ambassador. No matter. We favor admission. You favor? Why? Under Federation law, Coradin can be protected, and its wealth administered for the benefit of its people. Uh, it's well for you. Vulcan has no mining interest. Coradin has nearly unlimited wealth of dilithium crystals. It is underpopulated and unprotected. This invites illegal mining operations. Illegal? You accuse us? Some of your ships have been carrying Corridan to lithium crystals. You call us thieves? Gentlemen. The arguments you have between yourself is your business. My business is running the ship. And as long as I command, there will be order. Of course, Captain. Understood. There will be payment for your slander, Sarek. Threats are illogical. And payment is usually expensive. Exactly where to apply pressure to snap the neck instantly. Who aboard would have that knowledge? Vulcans. On Vulcan, the method is called Talshaya. It was considered a merciful form of execution in ancient times. 
So Telshaya was a Vulcan March Deadly Vulcan martial arts uh, that was technically considered as a merciful form of execution in ancient Vulcan times on Vulcan. This precedes technology that was technique was performed by applying pressure to the victim's neck, causing it to snap instantaneously. Right. Spark. Short time ago, I broke up an argument between Gav and your father. Indeed, Gav. Interesting. Interesting. Spark, do you realize that makes your father the most likely suspect? Vulcans do not approve of violence. Are you saying he couldn't have done it? No, Captain. I'm merely saying it would be illogical to kill without reason. But if he had a reason, could he have done it? If there were a reason, my father is quite capable of killing. Logically and efficiently. some time it's his habit to meditate in private before retiring what's wrong spark you want something of me captain ambassador the tellerite gav has been murdered his neck was broken mr ambassador by what spark describes as tal shaya Substantial evidence he is a logical suspect. I quite agree. Then where were you during the hour? In private meditation, Captain. Spock will tell you that such meditation is a personal experience. Not to be discussed. Especially not with Resman. Well, that's a very convenient excuse, in fact. say with Balkan physiology, but I believe it's something to do with his cardiovascular system. Can you help him? I don't know that yet, either. Sensor readings of tritritanium from the alien ship's hull. I'm sorry about your father. Yes, it could adversely affect our mission. Aren't you worried about him? Worry is a human emotion, Captain. I accept what has happened. The ship's hull seems to have a high density level or is cloaked against sensor probes. It is manned, but sensors cannot make out specifics. have nothing like it. Certainly not the Federation or the neutral planets. What about the Klingons? I think it unlikely it is one of theirs. Who then? 
Captain? I picked up the last part of the transmission. Just like that other one. I put the recorder and the directional locator on it immediately. Mr. Chekhov, directional locator indicates source bearing 27 Mark 8. It's the intruder ship, sir. Switch recorder to Mr. Spock station for decode, Lieutenant. Sir, the directional locator indicates reception point somewhere within the body of this ship. Personal receiver. Somebody on board is in contact with that vessel. Possibly, Captain. But I cannot decode this transmission. Why not? It is a no known code. There's no detectable pattern. No standard references apply. Are there any conclusions possible from the information? Only negative. It fits none of our computer records. And it is alien. Murder? Went out there playing tag? Lieutenant, you've got your sensor located on a wide beam with established receiver on board this vessel. Tighten your field to the interior of the ship. Yes, sir. That alien vessel starts transmitting again. I want to know who on board the Enterprise is receiving. Bones, how is he? Well, as far as I can tell from instrument readings, our prime suspect has a malfunction in one of the heart valves. It's similar to a heart attack in a human. But with Vulcan physiology, it's impossible to tell without an operation. Mr. Sarek, has he had any previous attacks? No. Yes. There were three others. My physician prescribed Benjocidrin for the condition. Why didn't you tell me? There was nothing you could have done. Ambassador, when did you have these attacks? Two, before we left Vulcan. The third, a few hours ago, I was on the observation deck. When the Tellarite was murdered, I was quite incapacitated. There were no witnesses? None. Doctor, do you propose surgery for the heart defect? Well, I'm not sure it's tough enough on a human. On a Vulcan, an ordinary operation's out of the question. Why? Because of the construction of the Vulcan heart. I suggest that a serogenic open-heart procedure would be the logical approach. Yes, unquestionably. Bones, what about it? Well, I'm glad somebody's asking me something around here. Well, they're just procedure they're discussing would require tremendous amounts of blood for the patient. Doctor. Uh, I've checked the blood bank. There isn't enough Vulcan blood and plasma on board to even begin an operation of this type. There are other Vulcans aboard. My blood type is T negative. Somewhat rare, even for a Vulcan. Yes? So, T negative is a very rare Vulcan blood type. Both Ambassador Sarek and his son, Commander Spock, share this type. For this reason, in 2268, when Sarek underwent emergency heart surgery aboard the USS Enterprise, Spock served as his blood donor. Oh. Actually, that's rare. My blood is T-negative, Doctor. We've run a number of blood tests on Mr. Spock. It isn't true Vulcan blood either. It has human blood elements in it should be possible to filter out the human factors. Even you couldn't give that much blood, Spock. It would kill you. 
understand the chances are extremely small to find a way to produce sufficient T-negative blood. Indeed. I would estimate the odds. Please don't. Doctor? I see it, Spock, but that was Rigelian. Rigelian physiology is very similar to Vulcan. Similar is not good enough. Still experimental, but it does look promising. Spock, we would need such great amounts of blood that even if the drug worked on the Vulcans as well as the Rigelian, which I am doubtful, it would still drain Sarek to a critical level. I consider the safety factor low, but acceptable. Plus the fact I've never operated on a Vulcan before. Oh, I've studied the anatomical types. I know where all the organs are. But that's a lot different from actual surgical experience. So if I don't kill him with the operation, the drug probably will. What drug, Doctor? My husband's asleep. What drug? A chemical stimulant to speed up reproduction and replacement of blood in the body. It's uh, only experimental. It has been used successfully on test subjects on Rigel 5. It places a tremendous strain on the spleen and the liver. In Sarek's condition, this stimulant would kill him. Miss Chapel, I underwent a physical examination last week. Would you pull those records, please? Already pulled. You're perfectly healthy, Mr. Spock. What is that gut? You're going to use it on yourself? A transfusion from you to your father? It would seem the only answer. It could damage you internally. It could kill you. I'm sorry, Spock. I can't sanction it. And I refuse to. I won't risk both of them. Then you automatically condemn Sarek to death. And you, Doctor? No logical alternative either. If you do not operate, Sarek will die. You now have the means to perform the operation. I'm volunteering myself as the blood donor. I'll be at my station until you require me. Here. I'm on deck five, near my quarters. 
attacked by an Andorian. Security. Security team. Captain. 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 And down went Kirk. Right. Captain's log. Star date 3843.4. First officer Spock in temporary command. The captain has been critically wounded by one of the delegates to the Babel Conference. The ship is on alert status. We are still being followed by the intruder vessel. It's a bad wound. Punctured left lung. Centimeter so low it had gone through the heart. I'll be in the brig questioning the Andorian prisoner. Doctor, the K2 factor is dropping. Spock. Your father is much worse. There's no longer a choice. I have to operate immediately. We can begin as soon as you're prepared. No, Doctor. Why? first responsibility is to the ship. Our passenger safety is by Starfleet order of first importance. We are being followed by an alien, possibly hostile vessel. I cannot relinquish command under these circumstances. You can bring command over to Scotty. What grounds, Doctor? Command requirements do not recognize personal privilege. Interrogating the Andorian. He's Telef, a minor member of my staff. I know nothing of him except that he has served adequately. He has been subjected to questioning under verifier scan and truth drug. It reveals nothing. I suggest his mind has been so conditioned as part of a preconceived plan. My people are a violent. That is CL okay. uh, that attacked Kirk. He was an Orion posing as a member of the Andorian delegation at the Babel Conference. Oh. And of course, we know who Orions are. Green. Yes. yes. The Orion. Yes. We know who they are. It says here, serving as an aide to Ambassador Shars, Thiev's mission was to destroy the USS Enterprise which was responsible for transporting delegates to the Babel Conference. The purpose of was to instigate mutual suspicion and possibly interplanetary war. Had war broken out, the Orions would have cleaned up supplying dilithium to both sides while continuing to raid Warren. Okay. Grace, but we had no quarrel with Captain Kirk. Apparently, Philip did. Suggest the plot. How could it profit us to harm the captain? I do not know. There is no logic in Philip's attack upon the captain. There is no logic in Gav's murder. Perhaps you should forget logic. Devote yourself. Motivations of passion or hate. Those are reasons for murder. Come in. Spock, you must turn command over to somebody else. Mother, when I was commissioned, 
I took an oath to carry out responsibilities which were clearly and exactly specified. Any competent officer can command this ship. Only you can give your father the blood transfusions that he needs to live. Any competent officer can command this ship under normal circumstances. The circumstances are not normal. We are carrying over 100 valuable Federation passengers. But being pursued by an alien ship with a subject to possible attack, there has been murder and attempted murder on board. Cannot dismiss my duties. Duty? Your duty is your father. If I could give the transfusion without loss of time or efficiency, I would. Sarek understands my reason. Well, I don't. It's not human. Oh, that's not a dirty word. You're human, too. Let that part of you come through. Your father's dying. How can you have lived on Vulcan so long, married a Vulcan, raised a son on Vulcan, without understanding what it means to be a Vulcan? But if this is what it means, I don't want to know. It means to adopt a philosophy, a way of life which is logical and beneficial. We cannot disregard that philosophy merely for personal gain. No matter how important that gain might be. Nothing is as important as your father's life. Can you imagine what my father would say if I were to agree, if I were to give up command of this vessel? Jeopardize hundreds of lives, risk interplanetary war, all for the life one person. When you were five years old, and came home, stiff-lipped, anguished, because the other boys tormented you, saying that you weren't really Vulcan. He's I watched you, knowing that inside, the human part of you was crying. I cried too. There must be some part of me in you. Some part that I still can reach. Being Vulcan is more important to you than you'll stand there speaking rules and regulations and star beating Vulcan philosophy. And let your father die. And I'll hate you for the rest of my life. Mother. Well, go to him now, please. myself up off the ground <laughs> if I said those things to her. Right. Of course, Dad is, I think, O positive, O negative, something like that. Right. And I don't have that blood type. Dr. McCoy. the guy with the sledgehammer. The one who hit you? No, the one inside my head. No, the one inside my head. How long have I... I'll let that be a lesson to you. Just lie there and be happy you're still alive. 
Pussark. Not good. I can only operate. What's stopping you? Thought you were already. My wives. When you became injured, Spock assumed command. He's gonna stay there till you get back on your feet, even if it costs Sark his life. Regulations. I can't damn him for his loyalty. For doing his duty, but I'm not gonna let him commit patricide. Jim, if you stand, you can start to bleed again. Bones? Sarek will die without that operation. And you all the kind of bandages they use in the future. And that is one big ass bandage just wrapped around him. Right? <laughs> and sparkly! Right? Can operate without transfusions from Spock. I'll convince Spock I'm all right. And order him to report here. As soon as he leaves the bridge, I'll turn command up with Scotty and report to my quarters. Well then, fill your prescription. <laughs> I'll take over, Mr. Spock. Report sick pay with Dr. McCoy. Are you quite all right? I've certified him physically fit, Mr. Spock. Now, since I have an operation to perform and both of us are required... Get out, Spock. Get out, Spock. <laughs> Check out what's the status of the intruder. Uh, no change, sir. Maintaining its distance. Any further transmissions, Lieutenant? Scott for the bridge. Captain, the alien whistle is moving closer. Well, lay that order. I'll stay here. Captain, I'm picking up the alien signal again. But it's coming from inside the Enterprise. Specific origin? From the brig, sir. Security. Security to the brig. Search the prisoner immediately. Another something here. Okay, going from Spock into the thing is a light green, almost Mountain Dew green. Right. Coming out of that machine into Sarek, or Sarek, is a dark green. Right. That right there just proves how much of a half blood he is. Right. No offense to Spock, he's a great commander, he's a great Vulcan. Greetings, nurse. Spock's blood reproduction rate is up over 200%. Sarek's heartbeat has risen to 324. Blood pressure 90 over 40. Dropping. I wish I knew whether that was good or bad. Initiate sterile field. Mr. Spock. Where do you think you're going? I must see the captain. My patients don't walk out in the middle of an operation. The alien ship, I just realized that their power utilization curve is not the norm. It should be possible. Identify them. And Nurse Chapel just sedated her. So is your father's I... life. So Nurse Chapel just sedated Spock. Now, far be it for me to question anyone, J.J. Abrams, who fucked it all up, 
Nurse Chapel was in love with Spock. I'm pretty sure he did reciprocate it in several episodes. Although he was under the influence of a virus or something like that, he still did utter it. And to be honest, the J.J. Abrams universe made Spock and Uhura have a thing. Nothing said bad against the actress who played Uhura in that thing. But if you're going to do Star Trek, you'd better get it right. Right. My opinion. course and speed, moving directly toward us at warp 8. Bring the prisoner to the bridge. Fletcher's on. Red alert. Phaser, stand by to fire on my order. Aye, sir. Shields on. Phasers, stand in ready, sir. Take off. Take over Spock scanners. Aye, sir. Asking what's going on. Tell them to take a good guess, but clear that board, Lieutenant. <laughs> Coming around again. Systems put on priority. Yes, sir. Number four shield is buckled, sir. Auxiliary power. 
Switching over. Shields coming up. Number four is still weak, sir. If they hit us there again, we'll go all together. Self-destruct too. Slow poison. 
quite painless, actually, but there's no known antidote. Anticipate another ten minutes of life. find the alien. We damage this ship. They destroy themselves to avoid capture. Bones, fellow's body will be brought to your lab on an autopsy performed as soon as possible. I think you'll find he's an Orion, Doctor. Orion? Intelligence reports that Orion smugglers have been raiding the Corridan system. But what would they gain by an attack on Starfleet? Mutual suspicion and interplanetary war. Yes, of course, with Orion carefully neutral. They'd clean up by supplying dilithium to both sides and continue to raid Corridor. The thing that confused me was the power utilization curve. It made them seem more powerful than a starship or anything known to us. That ship was constructed for a suicide mission. Since they never intended to return to their home base, they could use 100% power on their attacks. The thing I don't understand is why I didn't think of it earlier. You might have had something else in your mind. Hardly seems likely. No, but thank you. And you, Sarek, would you also say thank you to your son? I don't understand. For saving your life. Spock acted in the only logical manner open to him. One does not thank logic, Commander. Logic! Logic! I'm sick to death of logic. Do you want to know how I feel about your logic? Emotional, isn't she? She has always <laughs> been that. Indeed. Why did you marry her? Well, At she the time, it seemed the logical thing to do. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, if you keep arguing with your kindly family doctor, you're going to spend your next ten days right here. If you cooperate, you'll be out in two. Doctor, I think I'll return to my station now. You are at your station, Mr. Smart. Dr. McCoy, I believe you're enjoying all this. <laughs> I've never seen him look so happy. Shut up! Shh! Shh! Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you know? I finally got the last word. <laughs> so Vicky, that was season two, episode ten. The journey to Babel. What'd you think of that one? I liked it. Okay, who do you think this episode hinged on? Well, Spock, his parents, McCoy, the doctor, and the nurse. 
Okay. How about Captain Kirk? Oh, okay. Check off. Um, the ambassador, Sarek. Oh wait, you already said him. Right. You, did you say Spock? Yes. Okay. The security guard, because they did do their job. Right. So there you go. So is there anything you noticed in this episode? No. Okay. Well then, I guess until next week, I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And we'll catch you in the next mission. Bye!